Craft Beer Radio, episode 350, September 19th, 2015. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, everyone. This is Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. And uh, if we're out of sorts, that's because we're doing the old switcheroo again, where Greg is sitting in the pilot's seat with the computer and the soundboard, and I'm sitting across the table. So with I'm all, all, all out of sorts. So I guess I can stop. And I'm also doing the sound now, yeah. so I'll turn off the uh, the YouTube video there. And... That's right, I got you covered. Um, now, let's consider what we should do first here now we have a, an array of beers from uh well around the country really and i but i think we should probably start with the we've got to start with the hefeweizen yeah. for sure so this is from sweetwater there Waterkeeper hefeweizen all right so this beer is the uh is perfect for a float down the hoocher just grilling in the backyard uh six percent abv it is available Grains are 50% two-row, 50% wheat. Hops are Sterling and Hallertau, available June through August. Yep, Greg's rolling up all the sediment to give us a nice cloudy, wheaty, yeasty Hefeweizen. Big head on this puppy. All right, pours kind of... It's dark for Hefeweizen, but it is... Um, Let's call it a dirty gold. Orange and they they match. It's kind of a dirty gold kind of. There's like a grayish, grayish grayish to it. Big fluffy head. Lots of bubble gum on the. Sweetwater is available in Pittsburgh. I picked this one up at uh, Atlas Bottle Works. I paid three dollars and twenty five cents for this beer, and uh, you know stuff. What's the uh, ABV on this young dog? It is um, 6%. 6% on the puppy. Practically sessionable. <laughs> um, they do have a thing here. Without clean water, there is no beer. This goes back to our water conversations in the various pre and post shows of the past. You can w- listen to them at your ledger, especially now that the uh, pre-show from last week was fixed. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the computer... Going to sleep or something must have mm. fuzzed up those files in the pre-show. But uh, actually, I was surprised how the backup recording sounded so good. I think we got the backup yeah, emergency recording dialed in. So, so it is definitely good to have a backup, and hopefully we won't have issues like we did with the last Nick show. Which, I feel sad because it was a really good show, but it kind of was hard to listen to. Oh. Yeah, you know, that's when you record from the laptop microphone when you're not realizing it. <laughs> Just bad things happen. All right, so the aroma on this beer. I was smelling a lot of bubblegum initially. Now it's smelling more as a sort of wheat, a little bit of uh It's a pretty spicy wheat, yeah. right? There's a little bit of floral, but I'm kind of getting something that reminds me of like a cactus-type aroma, like a prickly pear or something like that. There's definitely some sort of phenolic or some uh, some tanginess to the wheat. Is there any, There's no rye in this, right? Not that they say. Uh, no, they just say it's 50% two-row, 50% wheat. Okay. Because it's getting a little bit of it, like you said, a spiciness there that could have been rye if... Uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I, or I smell what you're saying. You know, I agree. There's, there's, It's it's a rustic wheat, for yeah. sure. It's more rustic than you'd expect, and that's why you would think rye or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to the microphone being there. Greg, Greg has his microphone upside down. Or is it right side up? It's right side up for me. This one is upside down. Exactly. On to the beer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, like you said, rustic. The it's got hmm. yeah, it has kind of a grandy quality, a little bit of, a, a, a distinctive uh, crunchy mouthfeel to it. It has a okay, so not a lot of fruitiness in terms of the wheat. There is some of that little bubble gum coming through, a little, bit, a tiny bit of banana. A good amount of, um, I think maybe cinnamon more than clove. Okay. Yeah, there's some of that. Did you say grenadine? Is that what you're saying? No, granite. Granite. Oh. Because I'm getting kind of like a bitters type thing. Just a little touch of like, instead of like a little tanginess, it reminds me kind of like of a bitters or a grenadine or something like that. 
you know, it just feels like, um, when it say granite, it's more like, I guess, more limestone, more chalky, really. Um, there's, there's a slight tanginess in there, which I expect with, with the wheat beers. The wheat isn't giving me the kind of lemony qualities I normally sort of expect yeah. when there's a, a lot of wheat. Yeah, it's, um. Uh... Trying to, let me take another sip here. You mentioned bitterness, and there is definitely. I wonder if they're playing with a little bit too much hops for the style. I, I, it yeah, feels like it might be a little over hopped. I, I, you know, you're right. It does kind of carry a little bit of that, like, imperial pills, like that saturated mm-hmm. hallertau type flavor. You get that saturated uh, continental hops. You know, where it's a little. I never. I've never come to a word that I'm really happy with describing what I'm tasting, but it, it's like, you know, this juicy spice or this, yeah. this, you know, very intense Hallertal type character that you get. And I'd love to come up with a nice descriptive word that, descri- that uh, covers it. Imagine a grape filled with wasabi. A grape filled with wasabi. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Or not filled with, but like with some wasabi in it. Uh, and then not horseradish, wasabi. Um, well, I'm not sure I've ever had okay. non-green colored horseradish. All right. So it's it's a little hard to explain if you haven't had wasabi itself. I mean, I might have, but I'm just not sure. I know that 90% of the wasabi that I've had with sushi is not wasabi. Right, yeah. Wasabi is hard to grow, so it's easy to. We've had wasabi beer, though, haven't we? Something I think tells so. We've done I something think, with wasabi in it. I think we had a stone that had some wasabi in yeah. it. Sounds familiar. I think that one of the great things about Hefa is those those um, fruity flavors, those esters that the yeast come out, and I'm, I'm really feeling like hopping in here is is overpowering those. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, for me, I generally like the phenols from Hefeweizen. and so kind of the the other side of the yeah. room. You like the the estery bubblegum pear. I like the spicy peppers in my Hefe's. I like the but, way they go together. No, sure, no. I'm just saying there's there's kind of just like how there's different kinds of barley mm-hmm. ones and that you know there's two different camps, if you will, for uh, Hefeweizens and. Uh, I prefer the spicier kind, but yeah, I agree with you. The, the hopping on this one's kind of making it untraditional mm-hmm. for sure. This is not coming across like a traditional hefe. It's it's a fine beer, but it's not it's not pulling me and it's not engaging me, making me like say this is really drinkable. This is really hitting the spot. It's kind of just kind of middle of the road for me. Unfortunate. But, such as it is, we will move on to the next beer. Do you think we go with the 19th next? Um, sure, why not? This is from Great Divide Brewing Company. So we are um, three days out from leaving for Denver. And we're going to be there at the Great American Beer Fest. Last time we were there, we got a nice tour of Great Divide. So we just did the 21st anniversary of Great yeah. Divide a couple days or a couple of shows ago. And the 21st was sent to us by the brewery. This one was picked up by Greg. When we bought all those beers to do the show with Julia, Greg picked up some ahead of time. Uh, the Denver area beers thinking that the the BA staffer who was trying to buy the beers there would be able to get them. And uh, most of the ones he bought were not available. So this is the spoils of that attempt. And it turns out it's a, it's a two year old beer that was on the shelf here in Pittsburgh. So, um, all right, this will be interesting. Is it a wood aged ale? Yeah. So with birch syrup. Great Divide doesn't have a page on this, uh, so I had to find something that's on thebarleyblog.com, and they call this a ten point two percent American strong ale brewed with birch syrup and aged on birch wood chips. Um, okay, he starts to review it, so we don't want to talk about that. Actually, I think that's all the critical information I'm going to get about this. So that's sort of similar to uh, like a root beer, maybe? 
we not will see. Sure. Um, I mean, but it's ten percent, so yeah, it's it's not going to be like hard root beer, alka pop type. Right. Yeah. But I'm, not I'm your father's root beer to, type to think stuff. about what birch is. This is May fourteenth, twenty thirteen. Was when this was bottled. Okay. Why it was out there, who knows? Yeah. Well, stick our xylus on the top here. Save the rest for another day. We're the post show. There's a lot of particulate matter in this. There's a lot of yeasty uh, things in there. Other other than those yeasty bits. Oh yeah, there is a lot clear. of yeasty bits. It's a uh, kind of a bronze color, a rich, yeah. rich deep bronze head. Is non-existent. It fell down right away. The aroma, it smells malty and strong, kind of barley wine-esque, old ale-esque is kind of the aroma. Trying to get in the aroma a little bit deeper. It smells good, but I'm getting that really rich, boozy, barley wine aroma. There's a lot of woodiness coming through. I'm not sure which wood. You know, it probably is birch wood, but I'm not an expert on birch wood, so I don't know. But there's that, and there's, like Jeff said, the sort of deep, sweet sugariness that uh, almost simple syrup-like sweetness you can get sometimes when uh, when there's a really sweet barley wine. Yep. Your microphone's so low, I feel like Larry King over here, leaning over. Caller! <laughs> Des Moines, how you doing? Well, it's weird, because our chairs are different, and I feel more alert, because the, the back is right, oh, right up, and... Push- and where you are, you know, you have the chair that is sort of a lean back chair. But I'm, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not. doing the Larry King thing. I'm leaning up on the table. Caller, Des Moines. What's on your mind? Saskatchewan. Hello. <laughs> okay, that was um. It's not hugely full in the flavor like it smells right. like you don't get this huge blast of barley wine uh that's really the first impression i'm gonna have to take another sip here to dial in a little bit more it feels a little ethereal like there is an aspect of the flavor that's kind of ghostly um because it feels like it's full in the mouth but it's just sort of sweet, and there's a little bit of a woody stuff, and then it kind of fades off, and you're just left with their kind of sweet coating. Yeah, as I take another sip, I mean, trying to figure out how to benchmark, how to you know put a post in the ground and talking from there, but it's just like a really light barley wine type flavor, like not much body. It's really mm-hmm. thin in the mouthfeel. It kind of leaves you with. A little bit of boozy slash woodiness, but if I wasn't looking for like all this birch character, I'm not sure I would make any kind of woody call on it. Okay, you said it's thin, and I said it was full. You think it's full in the mouthfeel? I think it's well. I think it's full because what I think is that you feel you you feel the texture of it. You feel that it it has substantiality to it. It it, it has a viscosity to it. Um, okay, so I do disagree. I, I was expecting much more substantiality from the aroma, and when I drink it, it's not not really there. No, I mean I, that's the thing. It's that's just the mouthfeel, not the flavor. The flavor's yeah. thin, okay. but the mouthfeel isn't. So it okay. feels like there's a like a thick, not quite so flavorful solution. <laughs> it feels the, like it should be more flavorful than it is. Now, if if it's a large portion of birch syrup, that's the kind of thing you would expect to ferment out pretty thin. You know, it wouldn't leave it with a lot of residuals, right? So imagine that this thing is 25% birch syrup of the fermentable bill or something like that. And as that ferments out, I would expect that to ferment out pretty thinly. Mm. So, you know, just use that to kind of, as you're tasting it, to think about and see if it helps frame the beer better. Okay. When I'm dialing in, uh, a lot of the the flavor is concentrated in sort of the, the middle of my mouth, around the center of my tongue. That's where you get uh, the bitterness that's there, and then the sweetness is sort of a core rat. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a, a Tootsie Roll or something. Um, 
not not in flavor, but right, in terms right. of no. There's a there's a touch of of darker toffee type flavors, but it's it's just a, a fleeting touch at the beginning. Then I'm kind of being pulled into like sugar cane. Like think of chewing on a stalk of sugar cane or something like that. You get a little bit of that flavor, and and then maybe goes into like a a, a two row malt. Like think of a beer that's been boiled for ninety minutes, you know, or longer, where it has a lot of caramelization. You know, I'm getting touching notes of that kind of pale two row kind of caramelized okay. type flavor as well. Interesting. So th- this would have been being brewed around when we were, th- when we were there, right? Well, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's bottled in 2013. So, well, in May of 2013. So that was the last time we were there, right? Sounds about right. Two years ago. I don't know what to pull up for the Amazon Anonymous Music. What do I type? For? What do I search for? <laughs> um, go to uh, the Google. Uh, I just started typing Lonely Island and it should pop it up. Okay. There it is. Oh, I guess, oh it's, hey. I guess it's where I guess we're doing this. I wasn't expecting to roll it right now, but... Well, you started mentioning it, so... Uh, so, yeah, here we are, um, drinking these beers, getting ready to go to Denver, where we're going to... Uh, basically, it's it's a it's a research trip. We're going to try to get some interviews with some people. We're going to try to we're going to burn that city down. Is what we're going to do? No, no, no we're not going to burn that city down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please, we're going to light it up. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, so you know all the uh, the funds that we were able to raise from you diligently using craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon instead of Amazon.com. Uh, really helps support the show and do things like this. And we're going to try to get uh, some good interviews. We have a couple. Uh, I, I have some some ambitions that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do or not. But uh, we'll definitely get bring back as much as we can. And, and you know, help us connect with uh, groups and um, get uh, more stuff out there. For yeah, you yeah. Guys. Research and networking is, is a big part of it because hopefully we can do more guest hosted shows with with. Uh, brewers and whatnot so craftbeerradio.com slash amazon that's where you want to go when you start all your amazon shopping doesn't cost you a penny more you know this just do it just do it just do it just like nike says craftbeerradio.com slash amazon and back to the 19th anniversary from great divide I like this, you know, as I'm drinking, I, I like the smell better than the flavor. Mm-hmm. I think the smell has this really, you know, it's like, oh, you're going to be a rich toffee caramel barley wine. And then you drink it and then you just get kind of fleeting notes. Give it a things. nice big gulp. That's what I did with my last sip and I thought it came across a little bit better then. Mm-hmm. I'm getting about the same thing. Got more booze. Definitely got more booziness <laughs> on it. It is 10.2%, yeah. right? So I got more booziness in that last And it sip. might need to warm up a bit, too. We didn't really let it warm up that much. Yeah, I just... But I, I think... Yeah, I don't know what to think. I just think that it is teetering on being a rich, decadent, mm-hmm. old ale, barley wine, but that's not quite there. I think that's kind of where it comes down to it. You know, I, I don't want to. Keep... You know, now that we just drank the ten percent um, beer, we should do the session IPA because that makes perfect sense. Um, I, I I wanted to split up these big beers with something hoppy in between. Okay, was my thinking. I well, one thing that might play a role here is I didn't know that the twenty first anniversary was out when I bought this. Right. Who knows why that was out there? It could be have been a poorly handled bottle. It could have been. It probably was just forgotten about mm-hmm. uh, at at Great Divide's wholesaler, and John Eagle had it. I wouldn't necessarily think it's poorly handled. I didn't taste anything that really was. Right. It wasn't oxidized. It didn't. You know, I didn't really taste anything that caused it to suffer from its age. Who knows, maybe it had some more hop character when it was fresher, and that 
did something. I don't know. So this is the Green Flash Mosaic Session IPA. I picked this one up a while ago. It's been sitting in the fridge. I like mosaics. I like session IPAs. So I figured beer sounds good. And tell us about this one. I can. I'm just not used to it. Um, <laughs> it's the first beer of their 2015 Hop Odyssey series. It features mosaic hops. Surprise! Um, this okay. It, um, so here's interesting mosaic. It's parentage. It comes from Simcoe and Nugget. Huh. Not sure. I didn't know that. And. That's interesting because it doesn't really. It's almost like yeah. the uh, the product is better than some of its parts type well, thing. It's almost like you know take um, take cilantro and take coriander. Yeah, and they're very different. Right. Um, Four point five percent alcohol volume, sixty five IBUs. Yeah, its availability availability was March through June, so it is well past its availability date. This one's a twenty two ounce bomber. Came in uh, twelve ounces and kegs. Well, it's a good. This is a good way to get your mosaic on, as it were. I mean, you you want to figure out what mosaic is. This is an excellent way to grab it because it's just mosaic hops. Looks like the Hop Odyssey also included a Citra and a Seagal Ranch. Hmm. What is Seagal Ranch? Seagull Ranch. I like the Seagal Ranch more. That's yes. uh, under siege. And um... Seagal Ranch features Tomahawk, Centennial, and Cascade hops. Hand-selected by the brewmaster and their friends at Seagal Ranch in Yakima, Washington. The verdant pungency and citrus aromatics from Tomahawk hops serve as the perfect base. <laughs> the... But we're not drinking the Cigar Ranch. We're drinking no. the Mosaic Session. There's... Mm, there's a lot of... Should I have never told you that Mosaic came from Simcoe? No, that, no, 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 no. No, not at all. But but I am noticing some Doherty qualities there. I'm smelling tangerine. Tangerine skins. Kind of. That's kind of where I'm zeroing in on. Okay. And I see where you're getting that too. There, there's, there is some herbalness. There's, uh, it's not really dank or biological or anything like that. Uh, it's kind of. No, Dory has become sort of my go-to for sort of sulfury. Okay. And it's, for me, it's not too sulfury. It's a little more piney or something like that. I mean, it's not spot-on piney, but it's it's in that neighborhood. There, I just got something that was definitely Doherty. Definitely Doherty. The definitely Doherty. Tastes more tangerine, though. Um, yeah, the the taste is, is much more uh, juicy, like Jeff said. It was more, more juicy tangerine, more um, slightly bitter orange. With uh, a bit of sort of a passion fruit thing going on there, too. This beer is probably past its prime. You know, it's probably a lot brighter in June. You know, we're drinking it in mid-September now. Mm -hmm. It was in the fridge the entire time. but I, I think that may work here, um, if it is, because I'm not getting a 100% hop juice kind of quality from here. I'm... I'm noticing a bit of a uh, slightly toasty malt under there, just a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm noticing that backbone of malt that I don't normally notice in session IPA. So I'm happy to see that. And if that's because the hops just aren't as bright, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Right, right. Along with the the tangerine, I'm getting kind of something that's not quite citrusy. When is it? It's a uh... Berry or or like green raisin or green you know, like green raisins or something like that or hmm 
what is that? Um, no, I'm, I'm still I'm still purely in the kind of orange and tangerine okay. area. There's definitely a little bit of the pithiness that goes along with that, but um, yeah, like I said, it, it can escape into some passion fruit because it's got that I don't know a bit a bitterness that has a it feels like a high note, right? Uh, For some reason, I'm thinking like blueberries, but it's like only part of the blueberry flavor. Like maybe just blueberry skins or something. I don't know. Just something that caught me for a moment. Yeah. And... Well, these are very complex uh, compounds in here. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I mean, it... It's nice that the flavors on this beer are able to stand up to following that 10%. Yeah. Because this one is, uh, no. yeah, four and a half. So, practically sessionable. I, yeah, like I said, I wanted to get that in between these mm-hmm. big, deep ones. If sure. you're going to go with this interesting lineup. It, it, it works as a palate cleanser, right? Because you're getting kind of a reset yeah. with the bitterness. And whatnot from the sweeter Great Divide, especially if that Great Divide was going to be more sweet. Um, and then our next beers are going to be some some rich, robust ones. All right. All right, so what's next on the list, Jeff? Our next beer is going to be the 2014 Bourbon County Brand Stout from Goose Island, Chicago, Illinois. Thank you to the beerists for yeah, sending this the, uh, in. John Rubio and the beerists sent us this bottle. The uh, The picture on their website is a lot fancier bottle than the one we got. What yeah. the heck, John? Come on, man. Jeez. You know, the picture on the website is nice embossed, like old-timey medicine bottle. And the one John sent us is just like plain old boring beer bottle. I'm just teasing. Thank you so much, John. It's also 13.8% beer in there. So. Okay. Whoa. So, you know, I actually might be looking at like the 2015 vintage on the website. So that might explain why the bottle is different. Right, so I'm not going to pour a lot of that one. No, no, please don't. Okay, so uh, I'm not sure about the vintage we have here, but the one on the website says that it is uh, 14.2, 60 IBUs. The color is Midnight. The hops are Willamette. The malts are two-row Munich chocolate, caramel, chocolate, caramel, roast barley, and debittered black. Okay, so this one says that it contains wheat. Doesn't mean other information, but it does say it contains wheat. So that may be maybe a new formulation. It, it could be. They probably time. play with Bourbon County style at every release. Yeah. Uh, their website's kind of a pain. It's an active website that some of the links are kind of broken. So uh, I'm not going to poke around too much trying to find the yeah. 2014 list. All right. So Goose Island is owned by AB InBev, for those who are keeping track of the, of such things. Who <laughs> will soon own SAB Miller. Yeah, that was the news story that came along that uh, they're looking into partnering up. I don't think that's likely to happen uh, for regulatory reasons more than anything else. I, I don't think the Justice Department will let that go through. I don't know. I mean, I don't have much of an interest either way it does go through it goes through I guess you know craft beer wise I guess some of the also like the morning they announced it the Brewers Association rushed and Paul Gatza put out a a little post didn't really have much in it though it kind of left more questions or he had more questions like I think distribution channels were kind of the biggest concern for this kind of consolidation those are the kind of things that would come up anytime yeah i I don't i don't expect especially with with the way that uh, the the justice department is or the is it justice department the doj yeah uh it's handling these things now um 
that they would let this through. Who knows if if Trump gets elected, <laughs> right? Or or I should say, someone of the Trump ilk uh, gets elected, then who knows? But in in its current state, I don't see them letting something like that. I see. Yeah, there was no uh, big uh, craft brewery being bought or sold out news this week. So there was that pleasant respite podcast that you sent me. Oh, oh, yeah. This is we can talk about this real briefly on the main show. So there's a podcast I listen to occasionally called Craft Beer Anonymous, and um, I don't know how do I want to describe this. It, it's a so show similar to ours, but the people that host it are anonymous, which allows them. To be more crass in their delivery, but I thought it was funny because they 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 have shorts that are called One for the Road, and they just did Elysian Space Dust, the beer that we just did on the show two weeks ago. So I thought that was interesting. It was hilarious because the one less crass host of the show, like he was like seriously distraught. That Anheuser Busch owned Elysian, mm-hmm. like he used to be Elysian, and he was like. Oh, woe is me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Like, the whole show, he was, like, just, like, pouting about how Elysian's no longer craft beer. And, um... And they hated it, right? They they disliked the beer, even they, though... They kind of... Well, the other dude was talking... Had such high recollection of Elysian Space Dust, where he... I think he said the only time he had it was at the Great American Beer Fest, like, five years ago. So this was a one-ounce sample during a five-hour drinking session five years ago. Yeah. And he remembered how awesome it was. Um. Anyway. I don't know. I, so I told Greg, give this a listen. I said I told him to listen to it at double speed, so he only had to waste eight minutes of his life. And hopefully you did play it at double speed. I did. Okay. And uh, Greg's like, why did you make me listen to this? <laughs> Did you do my assignment? I, ha- I no, I didn't do your assignment. I will. There's no reason not to. I still I watched a crappy TV show. I'll read the short story wiki article. The summary, uh, yeah, the yeah, summary exactly. of the short story. Exactly. I will. Um, <laughs> like what you said. You're glad that we never settled upon rating beers and uh, number of titties. Yes, that was one of the ways they they measured the beer. The, the crass one. He he's very misogynistic. Yeah. And he likes to rate his beers in one, two, three, four, or five titties. It's very gross to me, just that whole idea. I mean, talk about not being inclusive, not, I mean, not even caring about the fact that there are they women who well, listen to these shows, women who were interested in beer. They they also typically only drink whales on their show, so. On to the beer itself. <laughs> the whale that we're drinking right now. <laughs> So the first thing I smelled when when we first started uh, popping up was a lot of licorice. Now I'm getting more, um, more bourbony, more multi quality. Yeah, I mean, I was smelling a really. I haven't tasted it yet because the aroma is just so good on this. I, it was really boozy from the onset, and it was kind of um, roasty toffee is what I was smelling. Now I'm getting a little more barrel as my hands warm this thing up. It smells wonderful. But it sucks because Anheuser Busch owns it. Yeah, so it exactly. Well, it was me. This is actually the first time we've had Bourbon County Stout. Gregor, I've never had this beer before. Brown sugar, a little bit of cinnamon. Uh huh. That really carries through. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, um, uh, like brownie, uh, yeah. batter type v- things. Vanilla. Um, mm. a, cookie, a little bit of a cookie dough. It's yeah, decadent. yeah. Wow, and very smooth and velvety. Uh, when it, when I poured it, it poured like motor oil. It was, it had that you know that viscosity. Late in the aftertaste, it kind of goes a touch soy sauce. Not too bad, but just kind of an essence of of kind of something a little tangy there. You mm-hmm. know, probably the the oaky barrel and the booziness kind of combining to get, go that way.
So the beerists, bless their hearts, they sent us four bottles, four different mm-hmm. bottles of Bourbon County. Yeah. They sent us 2012, 2013, and 2014, and then 2014 coffee. This is the 2014, and the next beer we're going to be drinking is the 2014 coffee. Uh, we didn't think that doing all four in a vertical show was going to be that good of a show. It might be one of those shows that are good because we're blitzed at the end, but uh, <laughs> we wanted to avoid that. Well, we had an interesting run-up. Yeah. Right. Um, not. We've had a, a, a lot of shows in the past or, or in the recent past where just, wow, all these beers are good. This was not one of those shows. There were a couple here that weren't uh, really up to par. So it's interesting. I mean, yeah. it happens. Also, I should mention if you hear us talk about the beerist, but you don't know what the heck we're talking about, uh, it's another beer podcast, thebeerist.com. I like the podcast. I, I think you should listen to it. They're. Um, we sent them stuff, right? We should send them some. We some should, stuff. yeah. We should definitely send them some stuff. They're um, they're pretty funny. They're not as crass as as Craft Beer Anonymous, um, but they're they're a little more um, less child friendly for listening in the car. I would say um, they're not Jeff as Jeff P- times. They're not as PG as we as we try as we aspire to be. PG thirteen as PG thirteen as we aspire to be. Um, but no, listen to them. It's thebeers.com, um, and they don't they don't pitch Amazon ads, so there's no overlap. We're we're good to go. <laughs> they do Patreon, so oh, okay. you, you have to subscribe to their podcast, or you don't have to subscribe, but you can you can uh, be their a Patreon for, and they give you special minis if you're a Patreon subscriber. Oh, So you have time when you're when you're an unemployed bum like John, you're able to do extra minis and stuff like that for Patreon. Well, I mean, it's also I, I've thought about it. I tease it because I love. Um, but I kind of like the idea that everything we do is open. Right? Everything we just not everything. We put out some uh, special shows on those CD DVDs. Yeah, we, used to we send out. There's like two or three that are limited to people yeah, that have. I, I don't. Three shows out of 350. Yeah, I don't know about uh, how good those shows were. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, especially since they were they were a different time. They were from way back in the early years of the show. It was 2005, 2006, and 2007. Yeah. Yeah, we sucked back then. So, Bourbon County uh, 2014, what do you think? Hate it. This is terrible. Fucking macro brew. <laughs> this is great. It's for for a thirteen point eight percent beer. Um, it's very drinkable. It has um, very smooth quality to it. Uh, the alcohol is there, but it's not like burny. It doesn't have that. I, I hear you. I mean, you know, one of the things I like in a world class imperial stout is a booziness to it. But I want the booziness to be done right. Yeah, and this is it. I mean, this is. Apparent and boozy, alcoholy. I would call the if you want to draw like imagine with me the difference between booziness and alcohol, if you will. Yes, the difference between booziness and uh, alcoholic. Yes, and this one to me, alcoholic is smoother, more refined, where booziness kind of sounds more swilly. You know, just like because of the cultural turn around business right so i would say this one is definitely leaning on the refined side of that high alcohol offense um yeah it's really good we got one more we're going to the coffee age version which is presumably a very similar beer to what we just drank but with intelligentsia coffee one of the things that john likes to do when he sends beers and i remember this because he sent us a couple beers several years ago is he uh, wraps around the cap with electrical tape and I thought you were going to say something uh, I don't have any science on how effective that is at protecting shipments we'd have to send thousands of beers to get some real good data but uh, is it a shipment protector or is it an oxygen thing I think it's a leak protector be my guess mm. I mean because that would keep minor leaks in uh, so we actually got a shipment from sam adams with all those pumpkin beers they sent us their imperial pumpkin pumpkin jack or whatever it is and the bottle was like all leaky it didn't leak outside the box but like 
Heather's like, it smells like stale beer. Um, when I got home, I looked at the bottle, and I think the bottle's still going to be okay, but, you know, it kind of had some seepage. And, like, you know, some of the beer got onto the label. And, and a little okay. bit of a carpal tunnel. Carpal tunnel. Oh, no. Want me to pour the beer for you? Yeah, I'm good. But I just... Kind of cramped up on you or something like that? Yeah, I just like got a cramp as I was pouring, so... As I was, I was opening... Uh, okay, Bourbon County Intelligentsia. Intelligentsia coffee. So I had never realized until I saw this label, you know, 35 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago, I thought Intelligentsia, I, I didn't know it was like a widespread coffee roaster brand. You know, because you see some coffee shops around town that use Intelligentsia, and generally those kinds of coffee roasters aren't using national coffee makers it's not uh, like starbucks but this is maybe it is like starbucks this to me is very interesting this is bottled on august 14th 2014 version of bourbon county their stout at 13.8 percent alcohol by volume their 2014 bourbon county brand coffee stout is this is bottled on november 14th it is 12.6 percent and it does not have it contains wheat on it okay I'm just so they they have um, I know they have a lot of barrels. Yeah, they do a lot of blending to make these things. Um, the contains wheat could very easily be uh, this food product was made in a plant that processes peanuts type thing. Or yeah, because if you look at it, that's possible too. Because the other possibility, so you look at the back label, they are two different styles of mm-hmm. back label. So that could have something to do with it. But the but like I said, the other note. Noticeable difference is that the coffee one has less alcohol than... Yeah, it's interesting how labels are different. Like, one of the things, the one we just had, tells us to drink it in a snifter. And the coffee one, they don't care how you drink it. Oh, wait, wait, no, there it is is down at the bottom. Serve in a snifter. It's just in a completely different spot and a different kind of uh, graphic. Okay, so the, like chili. The, that's what I was thinking. The room on this one. I mean, so I mean, it it is coffee, but when you smell it, it smells peppery. It smells like a chili pepper or something. That's I smelled it the first time right when Greg poured it. I smelled it again, and I was I was half a second from saying it <laughs> when Greg had mentioned it. I just blurted it out. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. I, personally, you dig, that to me is a good sign. I think because. What I, I think I've noticed that in the past with coffee beers, and usually that means the coffee doesn't overwhelm. You don't get this right, work right. coffee sensation from it. Right. Have you ever had cold brewed coffee? Like, because cold brewed coffee is kind of thing where they'll take like a bunch of coffee, like almost a pound, and they'll soak it in water for like three days. Yeah, and then they'll drain it off, and it is typically a really concentrated coffee and you'll typically dilute it when you make your iced coffee or something with it um, when i smell this and i haven't tasted it when i smell this it reminds me of um justin who i work with he has this crazy ass cold brew coffee maker thing and i've tasted some of uh, some of the cold brew and it kind of takes me that direction is what i'm getting off of this Yeah, the aroma is, uh, you know, there's a touch of coffee, but, you know, like Greg said, chili, vanilla, or kind of what I'm getting off the aroma. It doesn't really have a huge, either that or I'm spoiled. I'm not getting huge booziness off the aroma. I'm not getting a huge um, oak or um, soy or roast. or No, the aroma, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm smelling mostly that chili, vanilla type thing. I've tasted it, so I'm not going to say anything until Jeff tastes it. Okay, the body, the the thickness of the body seems thinner than the last one. It is a couple percent lower in ABV. So the gravity is probably also mm-hmm. lower. Um, the residual gravity is probably a little bit thinner. The coffee comes through. It doesn't taste like overbearing or bad. Um, there's a lot more soy sauce quality to it. Uh, there's a lot more... Of that licorice stuff going on. It's less caramelly and a little bit more um, kind of a little bit brunt and oaky 
uh, right. oak forward. The um, the coffee. It, it's really interesting how coffee is implemented in this for me. It's not straight up coffee beer. Yeah, it feels like uh, more of an aspect. Than what it what I'm it's yeah. an aspect. What I'm getting is it's either one of two things. I'm thinking of like a coffee liqueur, like a Kahlua type thing. That might just be because of the booziness of the beer. Yeah. Think of also, if you don't want to go Kahlua, and I don't really want to go Kahlua. Kahlua is a bad example of that. But think of like a, a little coffee-flavored toffee or something like that, you know, where you're kind of getting like a little burst of coffee richness. And then, you know, again, going back into the... Those aren't going to work. <laughs> There's a couple sitting in the room. We'll cap them in a moment. Um... Yeah, that's um, it's good, but I don't think it's as good as the first one. I think the first one had the smoothness that really, mm-hmm. really made it. Uh, like, man, this is like what I want to when I'm watching the next Rick and Morty. I want to have this with me as I'm. I hear yeah, hear that the uh, the straight up Bourbon County brand stout um, really had a deep, soft. Like something you could really just like a sit welcoming with. to it. Like it, was, it was, yeah, yeah. And then this one, it's good, but it's a little. It's, it's a little harsher. It's a little more. Um, it's a little standoffish, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, <laughs> you know, it's just like it's 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 from Boston, <laughs> where, <laughs> where you know the other ones, you know, from from a nicer place in the Midwest. There, oh, it's from uh, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to get on to some rankings? Let's rank these suckers. Okay. Um, I get to go first. Do it. Okay, so my uh, last place beer is going to be the Great Divide 19th. Well, yeah, my Great Divide, the Great Divide 19th anniversary. I think it was severely lacking something. I feel like it had... It probably was better when it was fresh, um, but what was there was just kind of lacking in the qualities and one. And particularly, the reason why I'm putting it in last place as opposed to the sweet water is the alcohol. You're wasting more of your sobriety on the 19th versus the sweet water, which is in fourth place for me, uh, which again. Fifth? Or fourth. Oh, yeah. Your template had six on it, yes. so that's why I was. Well, we we do six sometimes. I, I, I'm not this. This is new to me, man. Come on, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just explaining. Uh, I love a good Hefeweizen. I don't like a Hefe that tries to be something else. This felt like it was trying to be a hoppy Hefe. I don't think that works, uh, and this really didn't work for me. I, I felt like there was a good Hefe there. If they right. would have just under hopped it, um, or, or or hopped it normally, and more restrained with the hops, yeah. yeah. Then we go on to the mosaic uh, green flash. I, I I think that if I think it's one of the better session ales, uh, session IPAs I've had. If it is a question of, I mean, I could taste the malt here. That's usually something they don't taste in, in these session IPAs. It usually just sort of feels like a hop juice. Uh, so I'm not a huge fan of the style, but it's a pretty good version, and also it gives you mosaic hops right away. Uh, maybe mosaic is a bit too much to get all at once. Uh, I do like a good hot blend, but it's a decent to good beer. My second place is going to be the Bourbon County Coffee Stout. Very good, but it paled in comparison to its brother, to its more uh, straight-edged brother, who doesn't it's Mormon doesn't do the coffee, uh, but not Mormon enough to not stay away from the alcohol. So I don't know <laughs> what the game is here, but the Bourbon County Stout. That is a forced analogy right there. It is a very forced analogy, and I'm happy to have made it. The Bourbon County 2014 Stout was fantastic. This is a uh, beautiful beer that uh, I can't imagine somebody not liking. I mean, that's excellent. I, I mostly agree with you. I'm going to stick the uh, Sweetwater in last place and the Great Divide in second to last place. And the reason for that is the um, that Imperial 
American hopping on the Sweetwater kind of didn't fit. It was yeah. kind of clashy, where the 19 had some issues with it, but the aroma was wonderful, the flavor was okay. So I'm going to flip those two. But other than that, I pretty much agree with you. The Mosaic Session, I want to try that one back in June. Mm-hmm. And it was bright and juicy and, and delicious. But, you know, like you said, I think some of the age kind of made other aspects more apparent. I don't think it improved the beer, but it it's a nice case study of tasting a beer with a little age on it. And then, yeah, I think the straight-up Bourbon County is superior to the coffee Bourbon County. It was so much more comfortable and inviting and luscious, where this, uh, the coffee Bourbon County is more standoffish, kind of. So very good, but. It's good, but not it's not the, the straight-up one. Yeah. So that's what I uh, think. And so we started off with uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. We're going to do the... Um, Muppets acapella version of Smells Like Teen Spirit on the way out. Bring it on. Come on. Is it going? Do I have the wrong... Oh, sorry. Alright, let's start over. Crafty Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftyradio.com for more information. You want to contact us? Uh, Jeff at craftyradio, CBR Greg at craftyradio.com, and beer at craftyradio is our email address. Greg's like dying over there at how ridiculous this acapella vision or smell like teen spirit. And so, and so, no. I like their Bohemian Rhapsody better. Oh no, a dirty word is what he said. But that's the lyrics. Okay, is it? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Catch you later, guys.